Headline Hollywood. Entertainment cronies and cinema elitists hand out awards for excellence in moving pictures. Sometimes the winners don't hold up to the test of time. So we're here in the future to tell them how they got it wrong. This is Switch the Envelope. Welcome to Switch the Envelope, the podcast that aims at rewriting Hollywood history. My name is Corey. And my name is Jeff. Jeff, we are still dealing with uh, one of the craziest events of recent award show history. I know, and some people don't want to talk about it anymore, but you know, Corey, I'm sorry, but we still fucking have to talk about it, because it'll be talked about for the rest of time. It is It is the only thing that that Oscars will really be remembered uh, remembered for. And that's a shame because some legit Oscar history happened that night, which I think should definitely be celebrated. But in an effort to try to move on, that fight sequence, though, kind of inspired a little bit of this episode, didn't it, Jeff? I think it did, because I think we should today talk about some of the greatest fight sequences, not at the Academy Awards, but some of the greatest fight sequences in movies. Yeah, and to tie this back to the Academy Awards, uh, let this be the start of our petition to get a stunt coordinator Oscar at the Academy Awards. Absolutely. Because, damn it, they deserve it. They do. Oh, man. Fight sequence in a movie can, you know, play into story. It could play to character. It can be beautifully choreographed. A lot of work truly goes into that B unit that goes out there and does all those stunts. And it could be a turning point in plot, you know, and it's the things really that little boys and girls uh, are emulating on the playgrounds when they're pretending to be those characters, right? That it is, Corey. Right? Who who hasn't tried to do that knife flip from Captain America Winter Soldier, right? Uh, I haven't, but that's because I'm an old, like, dad type. Oh, man. I, I try that with, I get a pen in my hand, I'm trying to do that little knife flip that he does. Oh, it's so good. Anyway, so tonight, yes, we're going to go over, not necessarily the great, I mean, what we consider the greatest, because they're our favorite fight sequences. Yeah. Uh, but it's not like a definitive list, because <laughs> that would be impossible. Well, Corey, you know, I think that we, as uh, still youngish men, you know, <laughs> yeah. still the late, the late cuspy millennials sure i think we actually have or zennials as i like to call myself yeah. i think our knowledge of the greatest fight scenes will stop just about 1981 1980 maybe we'll put a couple of 1970s movies in there but the 80s 90s and today that's where our bread and butter is that's where our show will live when it comes to the greatest fight sequences of all time i mean yeah not on a particular timeline uh, you know it, it's it's really the movies that we've seen multiple times that stick out in our. I'm heads. just saying we're not going to be. Inc- I'm just saying we're not going to be including like Dorothy and the Wicked Witch. No, right? No, no, no. We're these not gonna fights go, are going to be. We're not going to go back that. Far. No, these fights are going to be like action movies from our current time. Our current time. Our yes. current time. Switch the envelope. Current time. Similar to Sam Beckett's ability to leap. But I will say that if you have a fight sequence that we do not cover on this episode, feel free to hit us up on the episode post of this episode on Twitter at switch envelope or at Instagram at switch the envelope and let us know your favorite fight sequence. All right. So where, where do you want to start? Hey, Corey. Yes, Jeff. Here's a dad joke. Uh Oh, you want to hear a dad joke? Yes. What do you call a chubby psychic? 
a, a chubby psychic? Chubby psychic. Uh, I don't know. A four chin teller. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the title of the episode now. Dad R- joke number one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Corey, you want to hear another dad yeah, joke? Yeah, yeah, go. Go for it. Hey, Corey. Hey, Jeff. <laughs> How do you get the attention of a country girl? How do you get the attention of a country girl? Fuck, I don't know. A tractor. Ah! <laughs> All right, put those back up on the wall. <laughs> put the bag of dad jokes back up on the wall. Yeah. All right. Fight sequence. That's going to be the, the name of this. I'm going to be like, like uh, fight scenes and dad jokes. <laughs> or bar fights and dad jokes or something like that. Oh, my God. All right. <clears throat> but yeah, so our our... our the ones we're going to talk about are probably like within a certain range. You know, yeah. we're not going to be talking about like the old seventies movies with uh, you know, Silver Bullet or whatever no. or whatever those movies are. Yeah, and we're not. You know, we're not. Uh, we're not discounting those. Exactly. We just you know. So those are probably out of our range, but that means that you out there in uh, in podcast land, we want you to send those in if you guys see someone that absolutely great movies. Yeah, if there's if there's one that isn't covered, hit us up on the social media and let us know because Definitely. honestly, I want to see those clips. I do too. Yeah. All right, we're gonna start it off. Some hat probably have uh, Steve McQueen. I guarantee he's got some. You know epic what? Steve fights. McQueen does have some good fight sequences. Yes. He also has some incredible car chases, which is another episode. <laughs> so next week we'll do incredible car chases, or just chases in general. Chases, and movie, then we'll have chasings. Steve McQueen and uh, and that guy from from uh, Law and Order. All right, let's move on. <laughs> the guy from Law and Order. All right, moving on to... Jerry Orbach's got a lot of good chase scenes. <laughs> Jerry Ar- Orbach, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's sort of known for it. He's known for chase yeah. scenes. That's how, they got, that's how he got hired for Law and Order. Like uh, like Buster Keaton is known for dangling from uh, buildings and yes. and having a, um, like a building collapse onto him. Yeah, and Charlie Chaplin is known for messing up assembly lines there in silent yeah. films. Yes. Jerry Orbach, known for his car chase scenes. Exactly. I see. <laughs> Until he got onto NYPD. Wait, no. Law and Order. Law and Order. Jump, jump. Yeah. Doom, doom. I don't right. know what we're talking about now. <clears throat> we this are, is what happens we're going, when you- We're when going you, full dad mode. This is what happens when you record late at night, yeah. and you have no idea, no, and you're not prepared. <laughs> we're going full dad mode. Action sequences. Should I do like a, be like, action sequences, or like, fight scenes, da-da-da, you know, something like that. And then you want me to put a little like guitar underneath that? Yeah, you know, it's like th- because most of these fight scenes are going to take place in like '80s, '90s movies. Yeah, put a little, you know, some like real choppy '80s riff. I will do fight that. Fight scenes, right? Like that's. I'll, I'll I'll put I'll put that underneath there. Yeah, something like maybe a maybe a, a roar of a cat. I will do that now. Okay, cool. Starting in the 90s, <laughs> 1999 to be specific, uh, The Matrix, Jeff, turns out, had some cool-ass fight sequences. The Matrix had some of the best I've ever seen. You know what? The Matrix was revolutionary in their visual effects uh, presentation with the bullet time and their like 360 camera you know, whole situation. They also did a bunch of really awesome practical you know, wire work. And the fight sequence that we're talking about in particular is Mr. Smith versus Mr. Anderson in the subway. And for those of you who don't 
or didn't grow up in the 90s, this was revolutionary at the time. People oh. thought this movie was just spectacular visually, and yeah. it was just amazing to see this, this movie. This film blew minds. <laughs> blew minds. Minds blow. Yeah, they were completely obliterated. Just like the pillars and walls in all of these fight sequences, because apparently they're made out of just sand. Dust, yeah. <laughs> it's They're like fighting in sandcastles, uh, but it was awesome. I mean, they are made out of computer... Not all of them. And stuff. Not all of them. But not yeah. all of them. Uh, you know, a lot of the it was enhanced. Yes, uh, I would also say from this no. I'm saying like in the story in the show. Oh yeah, yeah. There are pixels. They are in. You know what? Yes, a computer no, game. You know what? Yes, <laughs> true. Yeah, a yeah, computer no. generated. I give you the point, Jeff. There you yeah, go. Yeah, no, you get it. I would say yeah. That subway uh, scene is pretty epic, and it is sort of like this turning point in the movie. Uh, but I would also say as a caveat, uh, Trinity's opening fight sequence is pretty fucking badass too yeah i think all the the all the scenes in this movie are actually pretty amazing i don't think anything from the first the first matrix those other ones are pretty suspect uh, they're touch and go from some of the uh, there's an incredible fight sequence later on in the trilogy you know but i don't think any of them even compared to the first one no the first one like i said the first one was revolutionary if if you are yeah if you were born in (laughs) like after y2k you don't understand the sort of like, holy shit, what am I watching impact of that movie? Yeah. To young teens and 20-year-olds. <laughs> well, we have to, I mean, to get the history, there was Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which came out and just decimated everybody's understanding of what they could do with the, oh, with the camera. Oh, abs- absolutely. And then this came you, out. That was the most beautiful. Yeah. Like, fight choreography. Like, that whole thing is just a painting. With action. Yeah. And then this came out and it was like, whoa. Yeah. You it could was... do that with a guy who can't act? <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know Kung Fu. Sort of. You, you know, you sort of know Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next up on our list is a very, very funny comedy. And you're thinking to yourself, how could a comedy end up on the greatest fight scenes list of all time? <laughs> and I'm here to tell you that Surprisingly, it does. This is Liar Liar starring Jim Carrey. And the fight scene we're talking about is when Jim Carrey beats the shit out of himself. I'm kicking my own ass. It's when Jim Carrey is trying to get out of court and he goes into the bathroom and he beats the crap out of himself. This is a great fight scene. If you ever thought to yourself, I could do this. I could go into a bathroom and beat myself senseless. Try it. I don't think you would be successful. There's something in your brain that stops you from doing this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think that seeing Jim Carrey do this is epic. Yeah, it's the it's the physical comedy prowess that Jim Carrey has. I mean, at one point, he, like, uppercuts himself and falls flat on his back. Yeah, it's great. He, he, I mean, there's stuff that plays for last where he's, like, slamming his head in the, uh, in the <laughs> toilet seat and all that kind of stuff. But, like, there is some legit, like, pratfalls in here and stuff that play towards the action of him beating himself up that totally sells it. Uh, as a legitimate fight sequence, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and, you know, like, Jeff and I grew up with Jim Carrey movies, and he recently uh, decided to retire from, from acting. He's like, I've done all I need to do. Jim Carrey did? Yeah. Huh. Now. Except for that he's coming out with Sonic 2, and he was on well, Good Morning America talking about it yesterday. Or but he's already done that. Yeah. Right? I'm just I'm just saying. He's he, just on he, the press tour because he's yeah, got to fulfill yeah. the contract. 
and he was talking about Will Smith on the press tour. So yeah, unfortunately, so, that's what happens when you're. If you if you want to see a famous painter kick his own ass, liar, liars, where you want to go. Uh, liar, liar. Uh, really, I feel like an underrated Jim Carrey classic. I, I don't think it's underrated. I think a lot of people really? like this movie. Yeah, I feel like people go to like The Mask and Ace Ventura and all that kind of stuff. And Liar, Liar kind of floats in un- under. I think a lot. I think it. too many people go to the Truman Show. Oh, Tr- Truman Show. But that's I mean, I mean, like the Jim Carrey comedies. That's when Jim Carrey started doing like that one's not really. I mean, it's got a. It's got that's a dramedy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's for most of the movie, it's actually kind of I mean, a it, comedy. It goes pretty dark towards the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Pretty dark drama towards the end when when the veil is revealed and he crashes into that wall. <laughs> okay, Corey, why don't you tell us about the next one? All right. So in the same vein of kicking your own ass, it, we'd be amiss to not discuss Edward Norton, Jack's clenched fist, kicking his own ass in front of his boss in Fight Club. Yes. Now, we have to say that the other good part was him fighting. Brad Pitt, yeah, which you reveal later on, kicking his own ass. So yeah, like it's the same thing. Yes. <laughs> so yes, we got that one. Yes. <laughs> if you're chirping like no, 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 Edward Norton and Brad Pitt fighting, <laughs> same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, next we have just one of the bloodiest movies on our list. Mm-hmm. So. Everyone knows Quentin Tarantino is just a master of blood and gore. And how do you pick a fight sequence from Right? Yeah, like Right. There's there's a ton that are contenders here. So we picked for uh kind of to represent the portfolio, if you will. So we picked Kill Bill Volume One, in which The Bride. Ah. In which the bride fights the Crazy 88. Yeah, that scene is intense. I remember the first time I saw this scene, I thought it was never ending. Yeah. I just thought it was just a never ending supply of people getting butchered and mutilated. You, there, you get legitimately anxious during this fight sequence <laughs> because it's going on so long. You're like, there's no way. There's no way they could make this work where she comes out on top. And damn it, Uma Thurman, and then um, the uh, Zoe Bell, I think that's her name, uh, the actress or the stunt woman who um, was Uma Thurman's stunt double, do just an incredible job. It's so seamless, and yeah, like they make it believable. And in this weird, like I don't know, like it switches back and forth between black and white and color, and it's so stylistically done. I think if you were to break this down into actual. <clears throat> I think if somebody who was a sword swordsmith or somebody who was who worked oh, it's with swords, probably terrible. They would be like, "This is the worst yeah. display of." She would have died in three three guys. <laughs> she would have died. <laughs> but you know, it's fun for us to watch. So yes, it's wonderfully choreographed. It's such a visceral <laughs> experience with the fountains of blood and just heads getting lobbed off, arms getting lobbed off. It's a uh, it's action at its peak. Yes, it is. Absolutely. I would say that on the Quentin Tarantino vibe, one of the things that helped us narrow down is when we're going over this, uh, these sort of movies in our pre-production, we, we wanted to kind of stay away from like gunfights because those are very different, right? Gunfights uh, have a different way of being actiony, and that's why you know you're not going to see like that's why with like Keanu Reeves movies we went the Matrix and not. And and the the fight sequence in the subway because that's more hand to hand combat. 
not so much the uh, shoot 'em out stuff from the Matrix or John Wick or something like that. Just as a, I as think a our I think our audience understands the idea uh, of a fight, uh, fight sequences, hand to hand combat. Yeah, most, I think they know that mostly hand to hand combat. We'll say. The other thing I love about the Bride and the '88 fight is uh, I love seeing badass women on screen doing badass things because nothing better. The majority of, I mean, the feminist in me is like, yeah, let a lady go out there and kick some ass, right? And she totally does that in that movie. Another lady that kicks some ass in some movies, uh, believe it or not, (laughs) Angelina Jolie, specifically. What do you mean, believe it or not? I'm just saying, like, she's kind of. You're talking to Mrs. Tomb Raider right there. I know. When you see her in person, like on red carpets and stuff, she does not have, uh, like, muscle on her frame i would disagree with that she is a badass woman she is badass on screen she is completely badass but in person you think not not action star. um she wore her husband's blood around her neck yeah that's i mean that's <laughs> that's intense she scares me man yeah she she commits yeah to being intense yeah i, I she scares me a little bit <laughs> but she's wiry right uh but she was in this movie that i absolutely loved with She's with Brad Pitt, and it's called Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm sure you've heard of it. And there's a sequence in this movie where it does have a lot of guns, but they also beat the shit out of each other in this movie when they're in their own house. And it's an incredible sequence where they're trying to sort of one-up each other on the assassin scale. And it ends up saving their marriage. Right, and then they fuck, and it's awesome. (laughs) It's a fight scene that leads to story development, Jeff, and character development. And I love the fact that they end up having the final shooting scene in a Costco. <laughs> they're like in an Ikea or something, right? No, they're in a Is Costco. It a Costco? <laughs> it's a warehouse store of some sort. Yeah. Or a, or a, or a what's it called? Or a Sam's Club. They're in one of the two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's more of a shootout. But yeah, the, the fight sequence in, in that is, uh, is pretty epic. And honestly, I, didn't, I went into that movie not expecting a ton I love Brad Pitt, so I'll see Brad Pitt in just about anything, right? Yeah, I actually really do love I'm not Brad the biggest Pitt's acting. I, I'm not the biggest Angelina Jolie fan because I only see Angelina Jolie. Like, I have a hard time sort of seeing her in character. I only see Angelina Jolie, which is weird because, like, Brad Pitt, you only see Brad Pitt, but, like, there's he somehow just sort of is Brad Pitt in every movie, so it's okay. I understand that. You know, you know what I mean? I feel that, yeah. Uh, but, like, Angelina Jolie is trying to be different characters, but it still is just Angelina Jolie sometimes. Uh, it's so, okay. I'm, I'm the only one listening right now, so it's okay for you to, for you to admit you're, you're a misogynist. No, okay. no, 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 no. And, and then, <laughs> then like it has Vince Vaughn, and I'm like, oh, what tone is this movie kind of, you know, trying to send? Vince Vaughn in this movie makes this movie. When, he's, when he yells mom! out to his mom, <laughs> yeah. I almost shot you. We're at high level here. Yeah. I feel like that set a trope. The like neck beardy things living at home with mom, yelling at your mom for interrupting with your cool friend stuff. Yeah, I think that sets a trope. That's where that like sort of happens. Vince, Vince Vaughn, Vaughn makes Vince this Vaughn movie. Is, that's what I'm saying. I went into this movie not expecting a tremendous amount because I was like, ah, oh, the two biggest stars in this. I'm not sure if I'll if I'll buy it. I walked out of this movie absolutely loving every second of it, flaws and all, because it was just so fucking charming, and the fight sequence was awesome. The fight sequences are awesome. Okay, and the next movie that we're going to talk about where the fight scenes are fantastic is not Lethal Weapon 1, not Lethal Weapon 2, not even Lethal Weapon 3. Oh, Jeff, I'm getting too old for this shit. I'm talking about Danny Glover and Mel Gibson in Lethal Weapon 4 <laughs> fighting 
Jet Li. Lethal Weapon Quattro. In uh, Lethal Weapon 4, they fight Jet Li in a construction site with nail guns and martial arts, and it falls, collapses into a into a into water. Ah, oh, it's great. It's a great scene. Because if there's a if there's a sequence in a Lethal Weapon movie, uh, Mel Gibson has to fall, right? That's set in precedent by the first Lethal Weapon. Also, he falls into water a lot. Yeah, he does. In the second one, he falls in water, and I believe he finds his dead girlfriend in there. It's pretty disgusting. <laughs> yeah, but that's a, it's a theme for Mel Gibson in these movies. He's falling from heights of of some sort. Uh, the theme in this movie. All of the movies is that he is in like a straight vest or in something yeah, where he has to break his. It's crazy. He has to break his arm basically yeah. to get out of a straight vest. Yeah, it's, it's a straight jacket. Yeah, the construction fight. But honestly, like nail guns. Anytime a nail gun is presented in a movie, it it just is like, Mm-mm. oh, that's gonna fucking suck. Yeah, I feel like there's there's uh, quite a few sequences in movies around the same time that all feature a nail gun. I wonder if there was like. Some special effects dude or some prop master was just like, oh, I got this cool effect. Look, it looks like. Yeah, well, this nail gun in this movie is shooting. like is like is like automatic. Like yeah. I don't know how that, right. that doesn't happen. No, they don't shoot that far <laughs> either in real life. I mean, I guess the compressed air on the construction site might give it a bit of juice. Except that you have to. Have there's to a safety close. on them. You have to actually push your oh, finger yeah. in the front of them to make sure that they actually shoot. That yeah. that does that, that completely wouldn't happen. broken on all of these construction yeah. sites. <laughs> some construction dude went. Outside of OSHA guidelines, broke his safety so that he could work faster, and then a fight sequence happened on the off hours, and he comes back, and well, he would come back to a completely destroyed construction site. Yeah. <laughs> the house would be completely collapsed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, na- nail guns. I, you know what it probably stems from? Home Alone. That nail going through the foot in Home Alone. Maybe. Anytime yeah. like nails piercing people comes into play, it just... Ugh, it it's worse than like seeing a a blood packet squib. By the way, that should up. be one of our honorable mentions. What Home Alone? Home Alone. <laughs> the entire ending scene. The entire uh, trap should house. be our should be our like <laughs> our honorable mention. Honorable mention. But anyway, <laughs> next up. All right, we're going to a fight scene that uh, I just I recently revisited, and it is just about as badass as I remembered it in the movie. Is this one that's like a really impossible fight scene? It is an impossible fight sequence. Yeah, it's, it just it, seems impossible. Yeah, it happens in the largest public restroom I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you cruise through this movie? I did. I, you cruise you, through you, this movie? You can, you yeah. can. Uh, and the, the actors in it are pretty super, man. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> we'll hang that dad joke bag back did up you, on the- Did you feel like a Top Gun going <laughs> did, through these? I did. So- Mission Impossible Fallout. I think it's like the fifth one, question mark? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it's got Henry Caviezel, Tom Cruise. That's Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. It's just so epically shot, and they're destroying everything in this bathroom. And, uh, yeah, at one point, there's like, they're using the... The, the pipe from underneath the sink, that like curved part of the pipe. Yeah. The, the P pipe. Is that what they call it? The P? Is it a P? The P trap? Or is that what it's called? The, the P trap. trap. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's got like a jagged edge, and Tom Cruise, like they've choreographed so that Tom Cruise goes to block the pipe, and his hand slides to the P trap part of it, that curved part, and that's what he's using as like leverage to try to not get the jaggedy part from going into his neck, while the guys behind him trying to shove it into jaggedy his neck. Jaggedy part, huh? Well, like the pipe is broken out of the wall, Interesting. so there's a jaggedy, oh, okay. there's a jaggedy part on the straight part. 
<laughs> is this how you talk so, to your plumber when they came over? Pl- yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know this straight part, and then there's the the, the loopy. There's the loopy. And, and they then, get the curvy loopy. Guys, I'm a visual uh, artist. And then you know what the, uh, you know what the plumber's saying when you're terms. doing this? This he's, fucking idiot. He's going, <laughs> this, is a, this is a guy I can charge $2,400 for this P-trap. Yeah. No, I just tell them, <laughs> I need the part that uh, that they used in Mission Impossible Fallout fight sequence <laughs> to be replaced. And he'll be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I got your P-trap. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, bro. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is when they say to you, oh, yeah, you've got roots in your pipes. Yep. <laughs> and it's going to be $5,000. All right. I'm the sucker. Uh, no, but Mission Impossible Fallout, that, that entire sequence is, one, it's like the brightest lit fight sequence ever. Everything is white, and there's just it's so well lit. Like, mostly fight sequences that you see them, they're kind of like dramatically lit, and like they're kind of coming in, in and out of shadows, because you can hide a lot of stuff in uh, you know the punches that aren't connecting and all that kind of stuff this feels like this shit is really happening yeah <laughs> in a bathroom they're blasting through walls are getting slammed into urinals everybody is i love this new trend in fights and we'll get to another one later that that has a, a more extreme version of this but there's moments in this where you feel like there's they're feeling those hits they're getting worn down by how long they're they're having to sort of go on in this fight sequence they're not they're getting up a little slower the next time you know there's um there's more of that sort of realism in what it would be to exert yourself at that level for Mm -hmm. four minutes well Corey, you know um these guys have to train constantly Mm -hmm. they train constantly for these fights and you know who else has trained is boxers yes they do and you know what the greatest fight scene of all time has been is a boxing movie there i mean there are a few really good boxing sequences but the greatest one, the greatest of all time, Jeff, that set the standard was Rocky. Yes, absolutely. And those guys trained through like ninety percent of that movie. That's true. I think the entire movie was just them training. Well, yeah, half of the movie is montages of them actually training. Yes, <laughs> yeah. playing Gonna Fly now, where <laughs> yeah. he's actually like in a meat Getting locker stronger. punching meat. I think he's punching meat through most of it. And hey, he's running through Philadelphia in yeah. the snow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like the whole movie is just him training. Corey and I couldn't really think of a. Uh, whether Rocky 1 or Rocky 2 was the better fight. Honorable mention for this, Rocky and Drago. Mm-hmm. Rocky 4. I, I almost you. think that's better than the Rocky and Apollo. The Rocky and Apollo is so iconic. It is. That's why. Because Rocky versus Apollo is the like marquee matchup that if this were if these were real fighters, that's the fight, but you Rocky would pay and Drago, view. dude, that is that is a good fight. Yeah, I mean, now especially with Russia becoming a a, a crazy, um, like real villain again. So it was <laughs> back then, also. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, very, very much. That's why he was Russian, right? Yeah, because it was USA versus communism. Yeah, you know, like every Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, Steven Seagal movies usually went against uh, rogue Americans, but. Mm. So in Rocky, he goes against Apollo Creed, which is kind of a Muhammad Ali character. Yes. And it always gives the underdog story. And the greatest part about Rocky is that he loses. Most people that don't see this movie forget that he lost the first one. And that's what makes it one of the greatest sports films of all time. Yes, because he does not win. Yes. He's an underdog, and everyone thinks he's going to win. And at the end, he does not win the match. But he earns the respect. And then the second one comes around, and he almost loses the second one. He gets his ass kicked for the entire thing and then just barely wins. Yeah, because, you know, he's he's in there, and it's evenly matched, and you don't know. Yeah. Right? 
the the drama of that from a viewer perspective it really sets you on like will will he won't he i don't who knows you know because that is not the ultimate end game of the movie obviously we're all moving towards those fights in in the plot of the movie but really it's about him you know becoming the the fighter capable of being on those marquees right now rocky has become a parody of itself even in even in Spaceballs, I think the there was a joke, but and Spaceballs came out in the eighties, yeah. and there was a joke like that Rocky Five Thousand was coming yeah, out because yeah. of how many Rockies they make. But you know, this is one of the only sports movies that you watch, and there's integrity, mm-hmm. and there's and it doesn't feel cheesy to watch the first one. The first one is actually a very good movie, and I think that it's one of the best fight scenes that's actually done not in a street fight or a street brawl that we're that hits on our list. Right. It's a sports movie about a. A sport done with integrity. It's also a movie that depicts uh, blue-collar workers without being caricatures or um, pandering to them. Exactly. It yeah. feels very genuine. It does feel really genuine. Yeah. It, it's a guy who's down on his luck, a yeah. guy who has a really hard time. It's it's like if you take every single Mark Wahlberg movie <laughs> and made it... Not uh, cheesy? Not. Or... It made it with a guy who could act, and it's not terrible. Like, yeah. that would be this movie. Yeah. So Rocky versus Apollo Creed. Yeah, I Take even think that I even think that in that movie where Mark Wahlberg plays the quarterback, mm. I think they're actually running down the same street in Philadelphia. In- Invincible? I Invincible? I think yeah. he's actually running down well, the same street. I mean, there's only so many streets. Yeah, but you don't have to run down the exact same one. Well, I mean, he didn't <laughs> run up the steps or anything. It's not like That's true. I mean, you know, it's it, it still amazes me that Philadelphia actually has a Rocky statue. They do at the top of those stairs. Well, it's not there anymore. They oh, don't have it at the top they, of the stairs. Did they move it? Yeah, they moved it. Oh, well, it used to be at the top of those stairs. I know, it's funny, right? Yeah. Like I, a, a Why would why a would they move it? Fictional character. Now in in Philadelphia where all this crazy history has happened, they have a fictional character. <laughs> cemented in history. Because it's our history, Jeff, and we don't want to forget our history. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> oh man, this next fight sequence is like Nine-year-old Corey's like entire fight sequence, like youth. Really, I watched this movie <laughs> so much as a little kid on TV that I mean, I think just about every boy our age was it fan damn good. Oh, fan damn it was good. This is Bloodsport, by the way. Were you were you really Bolo Young when you watched it? <laughs> I was I was really young when I first watched this movie. Bloodsport Jean-Claude Van Damme in general was like the icon. By the way, the the dad jokes today have been really on point. Yeah. No, we're I'm going to name the episode Bar Fights and, and Dad Jokes. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> hey Corey. Yes, Jeff. What did the officer say to his belly button? What what did the officer say to his belly button? Yes. Um uh, uh I don't know. You're under a vest. Ah, oh, I was looking for that pun. <laughs> I was looking for the arrest pun, and I could not, could not think of it. That's a good one. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. That was that was, that was a good one. <laughs> Dad jokes. Dad jokes. Uh, the next, yeah. So Bloodsport. Jean Claude Van Damme, Bolo Young, uh, as Chong Lee. Uh, I, I like how he gets a first name last name. Jean Claude Van Damme is just Frank. Frank. Yep. <laughs> just rank if you've never seen Bloodsport, and if you haven't huh uh but if you haven't seen Bloodsport, do yourself a favor and 
rent it, find it on some streaming service. I'm sure it's for free on YouTube. Who knows? It is a gem, a gem of an action film in which Jean-Claude Van Damme as American Frank, it's, it's a stretch, <laughs> it's a bit of a stretch, goes to fight in an underground fighting championship. With a French accent, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he's, yeah. it's, it's like every time Arnold Schwarzenegger plays like an American dad, it's like... I mean, with no backstory about who, why he's who, got like, an Austrian accent. Yeah, and the fact that he's like a CIA operative, or you know something to, to that extent, or a kindergarten teacher. Yeah, he's just like yeah, he's just like a he's a city cop with yeah. an Austrian accent. I, you know, I'm sure it's not incredibly far fetched because we are a country of immigrants, but it just feels a little bit like we could have changed the backstory a little bit so that it made a little more sense. But it doesn't matter. Jean Claude Van Damme, kind of the same thing. Uh, he plays Frank, and he goes and fights in an underground uh, mixed martial arts kind of thing before MMA was really a thing in the pop culture. Uh, because well, no, it's actually has, before MMA was actually a thing. Well, everybody has their own sort of discipline that they come to at this fighting So, backstory about that, just real quick, is uh, Rambo 2 starts out the same way. He's mm-hmm. fighting in a... I believe he's fighting in Thailand. I think so, yeah. In a... Like in an underground fighting mm-hmm. organization type thing, and Bloodsport is kind of like takes that one scene and makes it into a movie, entire movie. Yeah, I mean they bust bricks in this movie. There's a bunch of fight sequences, but the fight sequence that is the iconic one, my favorite, is the one where he gets powder thrown in his eyes and he's trying. He's oh, it's like the slow mo, wild eyed, trying to wipe the stuff out of his eye while he's. Standing across from Chong Lee, who's just got more muscles in his neck than I could ever imagine being on my body. <laughs> now, for those of you who don't know, that dude Chong- is so yoked. <laughs> the guy who plays Chong Lee is Bolo Young. Yeah, he goes back to like Bruce yeah, Lee days. He's been he was in a movie we'll talk about later, yeah. which is Enter the Dragon. He's been in like every martial arts film. He is the the man in these films that is just fucking yoked. Dude is shredded. Moving on. Okay, moving on to the next one. Our next one is the movie Die Hard. Everyone knows Die Hard, right? Oh, who doesn't love that Christmas movie? But really, there's not a lot of fighting in Die Hard. There's not a little hand-to-hand combat in Die Hard, except Mm -hmm. the ending fight scene between John McClane and the terrorist we know as Carl. Carl with a K. So not Carl Winslow. Not Carl Winslow, Corey. All right. Uh, Because in that movie, he was not Carl Winslow. In that movie, even though he was a cop, but like he was Sergeant Al Powell, but like he was Carl Winslow. I mean, yeah. All right, Die Hard. He fights John McClane. Fights Carl, the terrorist. It's this drop down, drag out fight. It lasts for a long time. They're fighting back and forth. It's a pretty, pretty epic fight. But then, guess what? Carl is not dead. Right. John John McClane didn't pull tight enough. At the end, rises from the ashes. <laughs> Like a phoenix. Surprise, John! And that phoenix, instead of having fire, he has a machine gun. And blonde hair. And blonde hair, (laughs) dripping with blood. And then Carl Winslow comes out with a gun and shoots him dead. Yeah, see, Carl Winslow to to save the day. I was really trying to sell that. I don't know if I sold that. Did I sell that? No, no, no. I I, I I was there. It was like I was watching the movie. It was so good. I felt like I was was in the movie right there. Have you ever imagined that you were in a movie? 
Like maybe that you were like in the movie and the movie was around you? You know what? I, I have uh, sort of similar delusions when I leave movie theater sometimes. Yeah. You know, Corey, like if I you watch mean movie, one movie, what movie would it be? If I could be in one movie? You should be in one movie. Oh, uh, I'd like be in, as your world for for like one day. I would I would live in Hill Valley. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Uh, yeah. You know what? I I, would I know s- every inch of that that <laughs> town square. <laughs> you know. You know, I would say that, but then I would think like there's so many period piece movies that I might want to live in that for a little while. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, but if I could only pick one, because I might want to pick Tombstone. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? I was pretty, I was pretty rough. I don't know, but that would be so cool. See, but if you if you went into Hill Valley, you could go a, back to Tombstone. There's a DeLorean there. You could go back in time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You could, you could, you via or one. I, you what could if you do went to other. what if you went to Hill Valley in the third one, and then you just traveled over to Arizona? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's, I like it. That, that's what I'm saying. Get on Doc's train and. Phew, all the way over to Arizona. Like it. I like it. All right. Cool. <laughs> and that was what movie would you jump into with Switch the Envelope? Next up, after we said after we picked uh, the Matrix, Corey and I talked about how the Matrix and so many other movies were an homage to Bruce Lee. It was only right for us to put out Bruce Lee's Enter the Dragon on this list. Enter the Dragon is one of those films that has the best fight sequences of all martial arts films. It's the gold standard. It set a tone, right? Like it's or excuse me, it sets a bar for fight sequences in cinema, right? Like I said, gold standard. Yeah, yeah. And one of the best fight sequences in that is when Bruce Lee's character fights Han in yeah. the very end when he's Lee got that be Han. He's got that uh, Wolverine hand, <laughs> and he slashes oh, Bruce yeah. Lee across the chest. Yeah, he's got like Wolverine claw marks across his whole body. Yeah, it's it's a great torso. great scene. Love it. Enter the dragon. There's not anything there's I, nothing I can say, honestly, to inspire anybody about this. No. Everybody's seen it. If you know Bruce Lee, you've watched this movie and this scene. If you're a fan of martial arts, you've seen it. I can't say anything more about it. Yeah, we're not gonna get too nuanced by yeah. <laughs> Bruce Lee uh, Enter the Dragon. Greatest martial artist in cinema. Despite what Quentin Tarantino has said about him as a as an art as a as an artist as a yeah. stuntman, I I will say, if we want to jump down the list a little bit, that aside from Bruce Lee sort of setting the the standard for fight sequences in martial arts films and just action films in general, another martial artist that I absolutely love <clears throat> that made those fight sequence fun is Jackie Chan. So just to tack on to Bruce Lee a little bit, let's talk about some Jackie Chan films. Yeah, what's really funny about Jackie Chan is that he is just as good as, or sometimes better, comparatively, than Bruce Lee. He had the hype and the, like, <clears throat> fucking gravitas. Dude, when that dude stood there and was just in his, like, pose, his, like, ready-to-fight pose, you were just like, mm, shit's about to go down. Yeah, but the Jackie little, Chan... little hand twitch. I would think Jackie like, Chan is as it. good as Bruce Lee, but... Jackie Chan, what's weird is Jackie Chan went comedy. Yeah, he's incredibly creative. That's the thing. He is the most creative to come out of the martial arts movies specifically, but in general, like fight sequences in general. I think anytime you see somebody pick something up from their environment in a fight sequence now, you can equate that to Jackie Chan setting that tone back in 
you know, the 70s and 80s and, and whatnot when he was doing all of his martial arts films. The one that comes to mind is the first one that I saw where I was like, yo, Jackie Chan is the best. <laughs> is uh, First Strike when he fights a slew of dudes with a scaffolding and a ladder. He just whips the ladder around his neck and like there's a bunch of... Uh, ladders are are not easy to maneuver. Well, I'm assuming they're a little bit augmented for his... They're probably lighter so that he can flip flip it around. But that is such a dynamic use of your space from a fight choreography standpoint that that to me is just as innovative. With the exception of the Green Hornet, Bruce Lee didn't really do a lot of comedy. It's true. But Jackie Chan, most most of his, his, his body of work is comical. It's got... A lot of, yeah. I mean, it's, but when you watch it, it's just, watching him is just visually stunning. It's, it's like if. Even Shanghai Nights. <laughs> Shanghai Noon, Shanghai Nights, yeah. Yeah, I mean. No, it, yeah, those, absolutely. Those movies are, are just throwaways, but still, it's like very entertaining. I, I do, I mean, I do have a bit of nostalgia with Jackie Chan. Those were movies that like my dad and I, if we ever saw a new Jackie Chan movie or a Jackie Chan movie available at Blockbuster or Hollywood video or whatever, we would definitely be like, all right, we're just going to add that to the pile. Because they're so fun. Yeah, they're fun movies. They're so fun. And I, I don't care if the English dubs are terrible. If You know, it's weird. Like, you see those movies that were made in Hong Kong, and everybody kind of filmed in their own language because they would have English speakers as part of the cast that would come over and, and do those movies, especially as the profile got bigger for Jackie Chan. His stardom started to, to rise. But everybody in the movie is overdubbed. So the guys would ADR their own English over their own English speaking parts so that the film audio was consistent. So they they kind of just have a vibe to them as well that was so intriguing for a young film fan. <laughs> that and the dynamic fight sequences where he's using his environment to the fullest. And the most impressive thing I've seen on film is when he does the like four-point kick up a corner to get up a flight of a building, like get out of, get out of town. Yeah. The way he moves, uh, the way he changes levels in a fight sequence alone would put him a step above, but then he'll pick up a ladder and, you know, or open a, a refrigerator door <laughs> and use that as, as a weapon. It's incredibly impressive. And I can't say how much I love Jackie Chan enough. Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, thanks for listening. <laughs> You can follow us on our Instagram at Switch the Envelope or on our Twitter at Switch Envelope. You can also go to our website at switchtheenvelope.com. And if you've made it this far, don't stop the episode yet. Wherever you're listening to us, go ahead and hit the, the stars, uh, wherever that is, uh, on the app that you're using. Uh, maybe leave us a review, but more importantly, re- recommend us to a friend. Uh, because we only grow because you spread the word. And we appreciate each and every one of you listening right now, recommending us to uh, somebody you know. All right. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Go to switchnamblog.com for any other switchnamblog needs. And uh, we'll see you later, Switches. Switch the Envelope is a Riff Laugh production. Switch the Envelope was written and produced by Jeff and Corey. Switch the Envelope is mixed at Studio 85 by Jeff. Switch the Envelope was filmed in front of a live studio audience. (laughs) You don't need to go home, but you can't stay here.